what's the message for them? How do we how do we encourage people to um, think for themselves, as it were? Well, first first of all, recognize the historical, endless, constant, incessant confirmations that authority lies. It's always done it. So why would they suddenly tell you the truth now about this? Then ask the question, who benefits? Who benefits from all of this? Mm-hmm. Do people that uh, want freedom and uh, justice and the right to free opinion, to freedom of lifestyle, do they benefit from this? No, no. Those that want to destroy all that benefit from this. The following is the audio version of a video released at peakprosperity.com. Visit peakprosperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Welcome, everyone, to this Peak Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris Martinson. Our method, my method, is to explore widely and to find guests who are willing to stand alone against the consensus and share their life's experiences with us. Today, we're going to stretch that boundary for many people, but not for me. I rather enjoy speaking with people whose theories and orientations are exceptionally different from mine. Can I keep an open mind? Will I be open to changing my views? As a reminder, nobody should ever have to agree with 100% of someone else's positions to learn something from them. Now, let's be clear about something. It's perfectly obvious that the response of nearly the entire Western world to COVID has not been about public health or setting our resources against finding the best medical solutions. Instead, we've seen the public health authorities and their big tech enablers shut down legitimate inquiry into everything from the lab leak hypothesis to effective off-patent medicines that also happen to be safe. So none of that was about public health. That's obvious. But what was it about? Clearly, we've seen in the UK, Canada, and Australia, and the US a little bit, that it's largely been about imposing medical tyranny and a biopolice state. That too is obvious. So what is the agenda exactly? Here, we must suppose and guess, and therefore run the risk of connecting dots into patterns that don't really exist. But that's a risk we must take because we haven't any better options. Today's guest, has been invited because he was saying that we'd see the emergence of a biosecurity police state, a push for transhumanism, and the loss of freedom and imposition of digital tyranny since well before COVID came onto the scene. Our guest today is David Icke, a controversial figure to be sure, but one whose voice cannot simply be ignored because the BBC says so or YouTube has taken his channel down. Today, those are often signs that someone is actually someone you perhaps ought to give more of your attention to than not. David Icke is a former footballer and sports broadcaster and is often described as an English conspiracy theorist. It's quite, it's quite funny, really. You know, 2,000 years ago, had a guy called Jesus sat here and said these same things, you would still be laughing. It's really, really funny that we've not really moved on that much. They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. Fine. He's also written over 20 books on everything from environmentalism in It Doesn't Have to Be Like This to the coming global fascist takeover in Human Race, Get Off Your Knees, 
to his most recent autobiography, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind, that came out in 2021. He's also been featured in several movies, including Zeitgeist in 2007 and recently Renegade. It's fair to say he's influenced millions of people. David, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. So let's start here. Um, our rights seem to be getting taken away at, and uh, almost as if they were mere privileges in much of the West. And so I mentioned uh, three sort of monarchy states, Australia, the UK, uh, Canada. What is going on here? Well, you know, you, you can see um, the world as a series of random events, as a series of dots, and it looks a certain way. It looks very bewildering. It seems to make no sense. Why are they doing this? Why are they saying that? Why are they telling us to do this when quite clearly it makes no medical or scientific sense? Um, and I have a phrase, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. Uh, and if you know what the outcome is planned to be, then these random events, these uh, things that just happen, become very clear stepping stones to that outcome. And it's a long time ago now, I mean, the best part of 30 years, that I um, uncovered what the outcome was planned to be. And I've added more and more to that as the, the years have passed. But once you get a, a, a grasp of what the outcome is planned to be, then daily events uh, are like putting pieces in a puzzle. They make total sense. All this stuff is happening now. It makes total sense of, um, of where the outcome is planned to go. And that is to um, create a centralized global tyranny. Uh, in the end, unelected, not that seems to matter anyway, but um, technocrats, bureaucrats, and uh, scientists, engineers, uh, making decisions that are uh, dictating the fine detail of people's lives um, without any um, uh, public um, involvement at all. I mean, you look at the COVID era, that's exactly what's happened. And so it's very a very simple process. If there's a few of you, and they're compared with the global population, we're talking about a network that's uh, a very few people. I mean, at the core of the core, you'll get them into a single room, globally, I mean. Then you've got to centralize power. Because at every stage you centralize power, fewer people are uh, dictating to more and more people. And this goes back a, a very long time. You know, once I realized this was happening and this agenda was being followed, I asked the obvious question, when did it start? And you can go back to the ancient world and pick it up. You pick it up in places like Babylon, Sumer, Egypt, coming through to the Roman Empire, coming through to the British Empire, whatever this, what I call global cult, um, uh, you know, put its flag in the, in the sand, it headquartered itself, an empire followed, the Roman Empire, the, um, the British Empire, the European empires in general. Uh, and so the whole process, if you look at it, has been of constant centralization of power, which has got faster and faster the, the closer we got to present time. And there's a reason for that too, because the more you centralize power, the more power you have at the center to centralize even quicker. So the momentum gets faster and faster, exactly what's happened. So we started off in tribes and the people in the tribe decided that what was going to happen in the tribe. Then lots of tribes were brought together under what we call nations. And now a few people at the center of the nation are dictating to all the former tribes that form that nation. 
And then we in Europe, we've got this European Union, which is bringing all the countries together. So now a tiny few people uh, at the center of the European Union are dictating to all the countries of Europe. And this stepping stone is designed to uh, end up with um, a world government, a world central bank dictating all finance and overseeing. And I've been saying this since um, 1992 that the plan is to get rid of all cash and have a single digital um, electronic currency. Uh, and this has massively been advanced by the COVID era where they said you can get the virus off, off, off money. They said that very early on to, to, to advance this side of the mm-hmm. agenda. I remember. Like I say, once you know what the different elements of the agenda are, you can see how they all fit. Now, one situation like the COVID uh, uh, era can be used to push all these different elements of what is the same agenda. Uh, and so um, you have this uh, um, situation where uh, we're moving to more and more centralization of power on a global level, faster and faster and faster. And what we call globalization, we even give it a name in the end, globalization, the centralization of power incessantly in every area of our lives, um, is is this cult's um uh, power base um, advancing itself and advancing itself and advancing itself. And uh, we've reached a point uh, here now in the COVID era where you've got uh, basically um, the World Health Organization, since all this began, uh, dictating the narrative and the response to basically the rest of the world. Um, and if you if you look at these different countries and how they've responded, there's one or two exceptions in there, one or two. Um, and they're starting to be reeled in. But you look at how these different countries have responded, and it's the same. You know, this, the, these COVID passports, which are nothing more than the uh, social credit system of uh, China being played out across the world, you can chart the, um, the preparation for those back before COVID even uh, uh, was mentioned. The European Union, you go back 2018, they were bringing forward the um, the uh, advancing of this process towards uh, uh, vaccine passports. So in China, you have um, a, uh, a system which has been um, systematically incubated because this cult has no borders. That's for public consumption. It's incubated a system which has always been designed to play out across the world, a system uh, that's based on technology that's based on 24-7 total uh, surveillance and control, where if you go out into the street, I've seen documentaries, you know, where they've done it. You you can be found in a couple of minutes sometimes by this technology. And this um, constant monitoring of your life means that they can see um, whether you're doing what the government wants or whether you're not. And so they introduced this um, social credit system whereby you get credits if you uh, live your life and act like the government wants, and you get them taken away if you don't. And if enough are taken away, you can't fly, you can't go on a train, you can't do the normal things of life. Now uh, uh, play out the uh, the vaccine passports, and, and what are they saying? If you don't have one of these things, if you don't do what we say and have these uh, uh, fake vaccinations that don't fulfill the criteria of a vaccination, um, then you won't be able to do the normal things of life. It's just the Chinese system playing out. And it's been planned a very, very long time. See, just very quickly, we have two worlds. 
we have the world of the population and that is given uh, 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 as best as it can be uh, um, uh, monitored and controlled. That's given a limited amount of information about everything because through, through the education system, it's a programming system. And all the way through the mainstream media and now the Silicon Valley giants, they're, they're, we've seen it very clearly in the COVID era. There is a wall on information. They don't want the population to be informed. And over on the, this other world, the world of the cult, which is a global network of secret societies and semi-secret groups with a, an interlocking um, leadership and mission control, um, they are hoarding knowledge. That's why the secret society is a secret. Why are they secret? To keep that knowledge from the population. So there's a completely different timeline and understanding of technology understanding of reality and how it works in the realm of the cult, and I'm talking the inner cause of it, not, you know, everybody who's uh, in a secret society, uh, and it's kept from the population. And where I'm going with this is if you can tap in to this other world, you can and, and uncover the information and agendas that, that are uh, held there, then you can predict the future as I have many, many times, but I've not predicted the future, you see. What I've done is said, this is the future if nothing intervenes to stop it, because this is what this cult is planning for the world. And because nothing has intervened yet to stop it, we're working on it, um, that future has unfolded. And people say, oh, that Ike predicted the future. No, I, I predicted the agenda that was meant to become our future and has become our future. So then you look back at people who have been extraordinarily prophetic, like Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, 1932, where he was talking about uh, um, the, the species being uh, procreated, not in the way that we have up to this point, but technologically. And, and now the technology is unfolding, which he described in 1932. Then you've got George Orwell in 1948 when he published 1984, and he was describing technology that was not around at that time. The telescreens and all these things, what we now call smart TVs, um, and they're, they're meant to become more and more like telescreens as they advance. I've quoted a guy, um, a guy called Dr. Richard Day, who was a big Rockefeller insider connected to Planned Parenthood. And um, he addressed pediatricians in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1969 and shocked them all. No one knows why he did it, but I'm glad he did for reasons that be obvious. And he said he asked people to, uh, not to take notes and turn off any recording equipment because he was going to tell them how the world was going to change. And uh, he told them. And it's it, uh, in one of my books called Phantom Self, I, I, I cover what he says at length. It's extraordinary. He's describing the fine detail in 1969, which is only 20 years after Orwell, of, of what's happened since, right up to present day. So there is this agenda that's playing out in this other world, and it's, it's meant to be kept from the, uh, from the population in the world that we uh, call uh, the, the human society. And, and it's for the constant centralization of power until it's in the hands of globally, of a tiny few people, it's to connect the human brain uh, to artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence becomes the human mind. 
You don't have to manipulate perception anymore by controlling information. Your perception is going to come direct. Um, and uh, a stream of, uh, of other things that I, I lay out in the books, and we can get into it as we go along, if you like, that um, are unfolding now. And uh, so uh, it, it's, um, it's, not a, it's not a random situation that we're facing here. It's coldly calculated. And because of that, and I've used this phrase many times over the years, this is why the cult, the system, doesn't take no for an answer. If it's one of its agendas that has to happen for this thing to play out to its conclusion, its endgame, then nothing's going to stop it happening. Not exposing the nonsense of it, not exposing how ridiculous and unsupportable by the evidence and the science it is, it's going to happen. And so you see why um, the... uh, this unceasing pressure continues daily for people to get fake vaccinated um, when there's, there's no need for them to do that, when the, the vaccine doesn't uh, even claim to stop transmission and uh, stop you catching it. Um, uh, and it's going down now into children where even if you believe the official story of, the, of COVID, I bloody don't, then um, the chances of them being affected by it are basically zilch, but they've got to have them. We've got Pfizer now um, saying that in November they're going to be looking for um, approval to give this stuff to babies as, as, um, as young as six months. This is insanity, but it's the agenda, so they don't take no for an answer. So this outcome, uh, and I agree with the idea that, that if you know the outcome, you can you can – predict the journey. I'm called a futurist. I'm not a futurist. You know what I do? I say, if a baseball is thrown, I can tell you where it's going to land unless something intervenes, right? Unless a bird hits it mid-flight, we're pretty sure we know where that thing's going. Um, and so one of the things that I, I'd i like to get your, your view on this, a lot of ways we can look at this. So one orientation I look at is Admiral Hyman Rickover gave this speech to a group of doctors in 1957, right? He's the father of the nuclear sub, arguably a very, very intelligent man. And he said, hey, we can predict how this is going to go. Humans are going to eat into this tasty stuff called oil. We're going to expand our population. We're not going to have a real plan for how we're going to get past that at that point in time. And it's going to be a real nightmare of a problem when we get there. Uh, Everything he said in 1957 has played out almost perfectly. And so I do think that when you look at the Davos crowd, they say within their opening paragraph, by 2050, the world's going to need three planets of resources and we don't have them. So my orientation, looking at this from a resource standpoint, and by the way, I can rotate this cube and see other faces, but when I look at that, it feels like the outcome here is that somebody at up high has realized for a long time that humans are going to go through the oldest organismal problem in biology, which is we eat into and past our food supply, oil in this case, and then we suffer some consequences after that. Is that, is there, you think there's any basis to that? Is this about resources or what is this about what is this no 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 this is about control it's about control but why and, and, and well you say why but um why do psychopaths do what they do explain why do psychopaths do what they do they do what they do because they're psychopaths <laughs> that's the reason they do it and you know if if there's a resource problem right like a food problem why are they paying american farmers now subsidies 
to destroy their crops in the field before they turn them into food. I've been wondering. And not giving them subsidies if they if they um, turn them into food. That's ridiculous. That's manufacturing a food shortage. Uh, that, what's all that about? It, it's, it's about creating a food shortage because it's very simple. Uh, dependency equals control. If I have something that you need, I have control of something that you need to survive, then you're going to do what I'm asking and what I'm saying, what I'm telling you, because you want to survive. That's, that's, that's what it's about, controlling um, what the, the need of survival so that um, uh, people become dependent on you and thus under your control. Now, let's look at the COVID era on that point. I've been making this point now since the thing started. Um, lockdowns are nothing to do with health. Nothing. Never were. They are uh, designed to destroy independent business and independent livelihood the world over so that there is a dependency on the state, i.e. the cult, um, for survival. Uh, And so way back in my books, way back, I said the plan is to um, create a situation where people have no means to earn a living, an independent living, and, and one of the big elements of that is um, uh, the takeover of, um, of AI and artificial intelligence taking over uh, uh, what jobs that humans did before. And then I said what they plan to do is introduce what they're calling a basic income, would be a pittance. And you, you, you get the basic income so to overcome the fact you can't earn a living anymore. But that basic income will only be paid pittance as it is, if you do as you're told. Otherwise, you won't get it. I mean, you know, hello, vaccine passports. And we've had a precursor of this in Australia over the, a few years now, whereby if you're on state benefits and you do not um, agree to have your children uh, vaccinated according to the official schedule, then you lose benefits. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what it's all about. It's about control. So what I've been saying for, and this will put the the COVID era into perspective, what I've been saying for uh, decades is that the plan is to create a a, a global society, uh, which after the Hunger Games movies came out, I've called the Hunger Games Society, because what they portrayed with a a tiny um, elite of super wealthy and super privileged overseeing a poverty-stricken population that um, is, um, and by the way, uh, broken up into sectors so they couldn't communicate with each other um, to, to, to create a united response. The, um, the Hunger Games Society structure is where this is going, is where this is going so fast now. So the idea is that you have a tiny um, elite at the top of the pyramid we, we even refer to this now as the 1%. Actually, it's, it's less than 1% if you get to the core of the core. And they would um, impose their will upon the rest of the population that is in a state of dependency for survival on that few. And in between the two, I've said for decades, is planned to be a police military state, a fusion of the two eventually, 
to both impose the will of the few on the population and to stop the population at challenging the few. Now, to create that point of dependency of the population or great chunks of it on the few, you have to destroy the ability of the few, of the many rather, to have an independent income. Because once they've got an independent business or they've got employment at an independent business, um, then um, they have some form of freedom, some form of independence. They're not dependent on the few. They're doing okay, thank you very much, by themselves. So you need to take that ability to, to, to um, generate that livelihood away. So the only form of dependency is de- or survival is dependency on the few. That's what lockdowns have been about. That's why uh, they, they make, uh, they've made no sense from a... Um, a health point of view, they've, they've created enormous amounts of ill health and psychological ill health. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is destroyed the ability already of vast amounts of people to um, to earn a living. Their, their businesses have gone. I, I know people, I have family, who have uh, spent forty five years building businesses up to see um, to see them. Uh, Brought to their knees by 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 this this lockdown, and you see, this is the point. Know the outcome, and you'll see the journey. When you know this is the outcome, the plan, this is what it's all about. Then you look around the world, and there's still there's nothing like as many as there were, nothing like. But there's still a lot of independent people, independent business. So what does that tell you? That tells you that more lockdowns are coming. And and they're gonna they're gonna uh, uh, make the excuses for them. Uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna lie as they have for the start of this. They're gonna frighten people to justify lockdowns because the there's still a, a, a lot of businesses and independent incomes to destroy. You know, I've seen um, Justin Trudeau. He, he's got this little trope he does when he's on the campaign trail right now. He says, if you're playing along, if you get your vaccine passport, you're, you're being good Canadian. You can go to a restaurant, a bar, a gym. He says those three words. What he, he never says, if you don't get your vaccine passport, we're going to shut down Walmart, McDonald's, Tim Hortons, right? It's always a bar, a gym, or a restaurant, meaning a smaller place. So he's targeting, specifically, he said the 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 punishment will be meted out upon small and medium-sized businesses. It's always targeted there. They never mention that they have to shut down a big business. That's, e- that's, e- that's exactly in accordance with what I've just said. And if you look at the, uh, the Amazons and the, the, the big, big global corporations, which um, all in the end lock into this cult, the idea that people like Zuckerberg and, and, um, and Dorsey and Wachiski at uh, um, YouTube and these characters at Google are actually in charge. It's ludicrous. They, they, it, it, the, these, um, once you realize that there's this global web of secret societies and semi-secret groups that have spawned these corporations uh, to dominate the areas that they operate in, then you, you realize that some, some guy like Zuckerberg is, is not going to be the one that's behind it. The cult's behind it. And, and, and you know, Amazon's a good, uh, um, a, a good um, example. They bring these um, – well, let me just go back one step and, and let's look at the internet. The internet um, was created 
um, uh, on military technology. DARPA, the technological development arm of the Pentagon, uh, claims you know credit for for the uh, the foundation of the of the internet. Um, and the the plan was to um, create a situation where the internet was the central pillar of human society. Everything came from it. But to reach that point, you had to have the free flow of information because if the internet was censored like it is now, it wouldn't have caught on like it did. So oh, freedom, uh, freedom of, uh, uh, of expression, oh yeah, oh, and that's great. You can talk to people around the world and free expression, oh, that's great. And at the same time, ah, but that was for, for building it up. At the same time, they were seed funding these corporations. So you had, um, for instance, Amazon, like I say, and they were able, um, like Uber, all these organizations, to, to go for a long, 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 long time making big losses. But there's always funding for them. And when you've got limitless funding uh, and you're competing against uh, other organizations that do not have limitless funding, then what you're going to do is you're going to dominate the market more and more and more, like Facebook. If there's opposition, well, we just buy them. And, and so uh, to build up your Facebooks and your Twitters and your YouTubes and all these people, you had to do the same as they did with the Internet. You had to have the free flow of information because um, if, they, if, if, if Facebook started out now with the um, – the censorship it has now, it would never have got what it's, what it's become. So you move forward to, to the point in both cases, one, where the internet is the central pillar of human society and it's irreversible. And these mega corporations seed funded by the cult have reached points of near monopoly where they can start playing the real agenda that was the agenda from the start. So suddenly the free flow of information becomes um, faster and faster and now hysterical levels of censorship. Because the idea is, was to get all communication onto the internet where it could be censored algorithmically without even human uh, uh, input once the, the codes are written to get uh, the uh, mainstream media, as was before, increasingly onto the internet and, 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 and um, uh, unraveling its ability to operate off the internet. You know, I mean, you look, you look at uh, the media now, the mainstream media that was, and it's struggling um, to, with advertising, with, with income. Um, and, and the internet is becoming the center of everything. So now you've got these mega corporations operating through the internet, the, the forms of communication, your Twitters and your YouTubes and your, your Googles fixing their search engine and uh, your Facebooks. And now they're in a position where they're going to decide um, who, uh, what, what you can see and what you can't see, which is what's happening. Then you've had, interestingly, Amazon started out doing what? Selling books. 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 And it's expanded into anything that moves now, but it's still, it's created a, a near monopoly 
on the distribution of books and the selling of books. Um, and uh, now you're starting to see them deciding what can be sold through Amazon and what can't. Because that's the plan as well. Once you reach this monopoly, and so many independent publishers have gone out of business because of Amazon, um, you reach this point where, well, who else are you going to go to? Right? No, no. So now we've got near monopoly power. Now we're going to start censoring books. Uh, at the same time, they're, they're censoring everything else. So it's been, a, it's been a, a fishing line out and then a fishing line in. Pull them in with the free flow of information, then pull them, uh, 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 pull it back with increasingly hysterical censorship. And, and I've said years ago in the books, the plan is, I mean, I mean, how prophetic is this in the in the COVID era? And I'm talking way back. This was in the books. The plan is to uh, create a situation in which no one will ever see anything that the system doesn't want you to see or hear. And that's why there's been this uh, movement of communication it, almost in totality now onto the internet because then it can be controlled um, in terms of what you see and what you don't see. Now, I want to um, turn this to, to what we can do about it because I, I, I articulate problems a lot, but I only care about solutions. And so I, what I love is in researching this, finding out uh, all the things you've said about how people regain control of this. So one of their main tools, besides this ignorance that they're going to foist upon us all by controlling what we see, is fear. This period right now, I know people who are so desperately terrified of COVID, of whatever. That this, um, I saw a really cute little video about, that articulated it as, as a mass psychosis, right? And that a mass psychosis is something that can be instilled by leadership if they want to by pressing fear buttons, get people down into their fear centers, and then they're very more, much more easily controlled. You can give them ideas, um, all of that. This looks to me, first, A, would you agree that this is a, a, an episode of, of fear and controls one of their levers? But B, if once you recognize that, how do you lift yourself from that? Well, um, I, I don't think um, looking for solutions is a good idea. I think um, looking for the cause of the problem is the wise thing to do. Because um, if you can identify the cause of a problem and you remove the cause, the problem must disappear. You're not trying to find a way to overcome it. You're deleting it because you're deleting the cause. And the cause of the few controlling the many throughout human history has been the acquiescence of the many to the few. Look at any point in human history, any culture, and you'll see this uh, process of the few um, controlling because the many they control give their power to the few. Because, you see, authority has no power. It doesn't. It has no power. Uh, because there's not enough of them. You know, we're talking about getting on for 8 billion people being manipulated and being directed along this road where the world's being taken. And the number of people actually doing it, I, I, I say at the core of the core, you'll get them into a single room, but let's go further out. Let's include all the law enforcement. Let's include all the military. Let's include all the government administrators. And you're still looking at a tiny number of people compared with the, the population that's being controlled. And how this works is real simple. 
it's a process of imposition and acquiescence right the way down the pyramid hierarchy that runs the world, runs countries. They all work in the same way. It's like a, it's like a hologram. The way this, this cult works is holographic. Every part of the whole works the same as the whole. So um, you've got the, the, the global uh, web manipulating on a global level. And then in each country, you've got subsidiary webs answering to the global web, uh, whose job it is to impose the will of the global web upon their, their, country of, uh, their, their, their country of influence. And that's why you can create a situation like the COVID response where virtually everyone's responding in the same way. This is the process, the, the structure, because you need a structure if you're going to make this happen, through which it, um, it, it works. So if you people imagine a pyramid, a, a hierarchical pyramid in a country and globally, and at the top of the pyramid is a tiny few people, um, ultimately uh, the inner core of this global cult. And they impose their will, their agenda, what they want to happen on the level below them, which then acquiesces to that imposition and imposes it on the level below them. And very soon after you come down from that, that pyramid uh, peak, you're meeting levels of the uh, hierarchy that have no idea there is a cult, have no idea there's any coordination. All they're doing is being told what to do by their what they perceive to be their superiors and then imposing that on the level below them. And so it comes down the pyramid, imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence, until you reach the bottom of the pyramid where the, the global population are. And if we acquiesce to the impositions of government, law enforcement, etc., upon us at the level we operate, then we complete a circuit. We complete a circuit of imposition and acquiescence between the tiny few you get in one room and the global population through imposition acquiescence. And so the, the answer is shouting us in the face. And, and, and you, can, you can look at it just from the basic mathematical level of it, numbers. We have to stop acquiescing and cooperating with our own enslavement. If governments say do this or whatever, then we ask the question, uh, is it justified? Is it justified? Does it make sense? What's the motivation? Who benefits from me doing what they're telling me to do? And if those answers are, it's about controlling me and my family, it's about imposing uh, a tyranny upon me and my family, well, you don't do it. You don't do it. And what you've raised about fear is why they don't do it. Don't do it in, sense, in the sense of don't refuse to acquiesce because they fear the consequences of not doing what authority tells them. And this is a, a program that is systematically downloaded into people from the earliest age as very small kids. And you go to school. And you've only been on the planet for two, three, three, four years. And now suddenly you're sitting uh, at a desk and an authority figure representing the state is telling you when you can be there, when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can talk, when you can eat, when you can go to the toilet. They're telling you what you must believe or you're a disruptive influence in the classroom if you don't. 
they, that you, you could start to see the carrot and stick of going with what you're told and, and, and uh, acquiescing to it and, and challenging what you're told and not acquiescing to it. And this process of obeying authority becomes a reflex action in so many people. We've seen it in the COVID era. And, and you know, people have got this, these compartmentalized minds where you'll talk to them and say, yeah, governments lie. Yeah, so why are you believing them about this then? Oh, the media, you can't, oh, you never believe what you read in the paper. So why are you believing it? And, and it, it's, there's a, there's a whole um, perceptual download going on into people through repetition of the same thing. And if you accept that repetition and just subconsciously absorb it, it becomes your conscious opinion. And, and what you call your opinion is nothing more than the download into your subconscious and conscious mind of this repetition of a narrative. So you, you will have noticed, I'm sure, I see it all the time, when people uh, tell you who bought the narrative of COVID, they tell you uh, what their opinion is. I'll tell you what my opinion is on this. I'll, I think, I'll tell you what I think is going on. And what comes out of their mouth is, is basically the official narrative word for word, which they've called their opinion, but actually it's not. They're just repeating uh, the, the statements of authority. And so, you know, if we're going to, um, to bring an end to this, we've got to take control of our perceptions back. We've got to stop downloading our conclusions and come to them ourselves, because this is what is happening. Um, and this is why there's such a difference, such a clear difference between those who bought the narrative unquestioningly, those that go with it because they don't agree with it, but they're frightened of, of, of doing anything about it, and contrast that with those that are awakening to it, who can see it, who are refusing to cooperate with it. Of course, they're a minority compared with here, but they're a, a significant and growing minority. Uh, and the difference is their perception. What happens with your, your people that just uh, believe whatever they're told is they don't come to conclusions. Their conclusion is the start of the process. So this is what's happening. And therefore, the information will be molded to confirm the conclusion. Whereas people who um, think for themselves, they look at the information and then conclude what they think is happening from the information. With the, uh, the downloaders, they, th their conclusion is the start of the process. So you talk to a, a, a woke mind about um, global human-caused global warming, as it's called, you look uh, talk to a woke mind about uh, COVID and their conclusion, which is immovable, will um, never be changed by information. The conclusion is what it is. The information is almost irrelevant. The conclusion is what matters. Whereas other people, they listen to information, they hear information and they say, oh, well, hold on a minute. I didn't know that. Maybe, maybe my conclusion about what's what's going on not quite right if that's if that's true and their conclusions move 
as, as they, um, they process information. And this is the difference between those who bought the COVID uh, um, era hoax and those who are questioning it and refuse to cooperate with it. So the, the awakening people are showing the answer to this. It's non-cooperation with your own enslavement, and it's getting the hell informed about the subjects that are affecting your life so you have some control over your conclusions. What is, what is happening? You know, there have been whistleblowers in the National Health Service, um, nurses, etc., um, in Britain, uh, and they've described how doctors and what we call consultants in Britain, the top doctors, have had this jab themselves and had no idea what was in it. And they're pumping this stuff into their patients and getting a, a payment to do it from the government an extra 10 pounds, by the way, for every child they do. And they have no idea what's in it. And the people are coming up and, and rolling their sleeve up. They have no idea what's in it. And, and their kids are getting it and they have no idea what's in it that's going in their kids. There's someone locally here, a mother was asked um, if she was going to let her 12-year-old, which they've now got down to here, it's just started this week, in fact, started today. She was asked if um, she was going to let her 12-year-old have the jab. And her reply was, I'm leaving it to him. I mean, so if you, and, and this is the point, this is a big, big point. The biggest point, the biggest difference between this group and the awakening group Self-respect. Hmm. Self-respect. If you, if you have self-respect, you are not going to acquiesce with your own enslavement because you're, you're you're, you've got the self-respect and it's not going to happen. And you've got the self-respect to say, hold on a minute, I'm just not believing authority because what it tells me, I'm going to check it out. That's self-respect. When you concede your self-respect, then you do what the government tells you and authority tells you without question, and you don't check out what they tell you to see if it stands up to scrutiny. And, and if you look at it, because it's all a psychological game, I mean, in Britain, you know, the scientific advisory groups uh, to the government on this COVID uh, hoax, they're dominated by behavioral psychologists. This is a behavioral psychology operation, not a health operation. It's, it's, it's manipulating perception so people behave the way um, you want them to. And um, so um, you, um, you, you look at the number of people in positions of political power around the world who can only be described as bloody morons. You've got one in America, Biden. I mean, I, I, and you know, for all his, his flannel, Fauci is not the brightest man ever to walk the earth. You look at Gates, he's not the brightest man either. You look at Johnson in Britain, complete idiot. Macron in France, ditto. You look at the premiers of Australia that have imposed that fascism, like Daniel Andrews in Victoria and the one uh, in um, New South Wales, they're, they're complete idiots. And in Queensland too. I mean, uh, where they get them from, I don't know, but they get them. And what is that saying? Because they're not running the show. They're just front people. What they're doing is putting moronic people in positions of power 
because if you can see they're moronic, and who, who couldn't? At vast amounts of people obviously can. But you still do what they say, you have conceded your self-respect. Oh, this, 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 guy's, this guy's a moron. This woman's a moron. Uh, but I'm still going to do what they say because they, they're authority. They've got a title, so I'm going to do what they say. And this is the reason, too, because it's all psychological. Masks are all psychological. They, people, people think, um, well, you know, it's, it's so obvious that what we're being told to do or the social distancing and the masks and, and, and uh, all these things and, and the, the, the fake the vaccines that aren't vaccines. Um, it's, it's obvious this is nonsense. This, this, what, what are they telling us to do this for? It makes no sense. And, and what about the contradictions? And they said, do this, and then they do that. And then they said, do that again. It, it's crazy. Yeah. They want you to see that. They want you to see. They're not hiding it. They don't want to hide it. They want you to see. And I'm not talking about the people playing it out. I'm talking about the inner core that's, that's running this psychological psyop on the world. They want you to see the contradictions, the nonsense, the unscientific baloney. Because if they, you can see it and you're told to do uh, that nonsense by a moron and you still do it, You've got no self-respect left whatsoever. Um, and you take self-respect out of the human personality, or you've, you've got submission. Submission remains the other side of self-respect, deletion. And if you look at every tyranny that's been overturned throughout human history, it's been overturned by people with self-respect that won't, that won't have it, that won't just acquiesce without question. It sounds and like so, you're, you're describing boot camp it, it, for if you join the Marines or the Royal Navy, right? The first thing they do is they strip you down. They take your self-respect. Is that not true? Exactly. I tell you what, I, 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 um, I did an enormous amount of research into mind control from uh, 1996 um, right across the millennium and for years afterwards. A lot of it was done in America and a lot of it surrounded this horrific um, mind control program which came to light in the 70s called MKUltra. Mm -hmm. I've met and talked to so many people who were, who were survivors, and great numbers didn't survive, of course, uh, MK Ultra. And um, then I was watching uh, a, um, a documentary on the training, it was in Britain, of elite troops. We call them the uh, Parachute Regiment and, um, and, and names like that, the, uh, the elite of the elite, uh, as they're called. And I'm watching MK Ultra Mind Control. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching these people are put under MK Ultra Mind Control techniques because they want them to be unquestioningly obedient. That's what they want. Uh, you know, go into this situation where uh, there's no reason for it, but uh, and you're going to be in great danger. Even if something happens that we want to happen, it won't make any bloody difference to where we are and the situation we are in this conflict, but you're going to go. And they go and they get killed and, oh, they're a hero. Um, uh, you know, my, my father um, uh, told me a, a lot when I was a kid growing up. He was, um, he was in the medical corps during the war, during the Second World War. He served in uh, northern, um, uh, in, in Italy and in um, uh, North Africa and uh, other places. And he would, he would tell me about these, uh, again, moronic people who came from a good, uh, wealthy background, so got the officer's jobs. 
and the and and, and the rest of the, the the people just had to do what they uh, they told him. I mean, uh, you know, he, he told me one story. He said this guy was so uh, unbelievably dangerous to the um, to the troops because he was a, 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 a like a like a general, but he was utterly incompetent. That um, he came in feeling not well one day. This was in North Africa. And he said, we put on the uh, on the uh, diagnosis uh, possible TB. And uh, so uh, when, when that happened, he said, they, 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 they sent you back to uh, to Britain, uh, blighty, as they used to call it, um, to, to be treated. Um, but he never had TB. But they had to get him out because he was killing people with his incompetence. And, and so you, you, you see this, this process uh, or this structure all the time of uh, incompetent, moronic people uh, in positions of power because they are acquiescent themselves to that which is behind them, which is driving this, uh, this agenda. And so um, with the, um, with the, uh, the, 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 the uh, MKUltra, uh, the techniques that have been used on the population that I saw used on those troops in that documentary um, in the COVID era are MKUltra. I was contacted in uh, 2020 um, by a, a lady called Kathy O'Brien. Kathy O'Brien is a, a very, very well known in mind control circles. She wrote a book called Transformation of America, Transformation of America, um, about her experiences in MKUltra and an elite um, part of MKUltra uh, where sex slaves were provided for rich and famous people like Father George Bush and the Clintons and um, Dick Cheney, et cetera, in that period that she was there, uh, uh, called uh, Project Monarch. And uh, she was describing to, to me, she said, I, I, want, I just want to uh, um, remind you that in MKUltra, they use masks. Uh, Kathy gave birth to a child, uh, Kelly, in captivity in MKUltra. I've met Kelly. I've met, met Kathy many times. and. Um, she said that they forced uh, Kelly from the age of two to wear a mask because it was part of the dehumanization process of MKUltra mind control. It was um, to um, deny uh, enough oxygen to the brain so it didn't develop as it normally would. And I've seen you know, neurologists talking out about this and the effect on the brain of masks especially in young children and, and youngsters in general, because of the, 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 the growing um, development period demands lots of oxygen, which, which can be devastating to the body and the brain if you don't get enough. And, and it was to um, basically be a symbolic uh, gag, silencing them dehumanizing them, taking away their sense of an individual personality. Now, you walk down a street and, you know, when the masks are going, and they want to bring them back, They're talking about it here now already. Um, it, it is, you, you, you can walk past people. I mean, I don't wear, wear a mask. I'll die first. Uh, no way. Uh, but you walk past people and you might know them, but you don't, you don't recognize them. And, and it, it just uh, dehumanizing. And uh, the, the p people that have been pushing these masks in Britain, um, are behavioral psychologists because they know the effect that it's uh, having. And she pointed out that um, the MK Ultra uh, program didn't end. It just went ahead, it carried on under other names, it's gone on ever since. And that one of the, um, 
the victims of it was Michael Jackson. One of the reasons, uh, you know, his strange behavior, he was he was subjected to uh, terrible levels of mind control, a lot of it based on trauma. And she pointed out, she said, what, what, was, what was Michael Jackson uh, famous for doing, you know, for a long period? Wearing masks, wearing a mask. Um, it's, it's all part of this, uh, this effect on the psyche. And so you have masks introduced, justified by, quote, COVID, which have holes that are far bigger than viral particles anyway, if you believe in viruses. Um, and, and so if you sneeze or cough, they're going to come through. So yeah, it's just a waste of bloody time, but it's not because it's about changing the psyche. It's nothing to do with health. And this is what's going on. It's all, it's all mind control. It's all psychological manipulation. And it's, it's, to, it's to bring the population into a, uh, a state of, of what we call nodding dog acquiescence. Um, so that uh, you never question anything, you don't challenge anything, you just do what you're told. And uh, if you take away the awakening who have stood up to this, um, and you look at the, the people that have bought it unquestioningly, and that's what they are. They're just nodding dogs. The government says do something or presses enter, and they, they respond. I want to talk now about this awakening, because um, I do agree that there's, uh, there are obvious uh, psychological profiles being developed and run and, and things like that. We know about that because a couple of psychologists, I believe, in, uh, in Britain, uh, apologized and said, oh, we're so sorry that we participated in this, but but there's a behavioral unit there. They have nudge units is what they call them in Australia. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they call them nudge units here. It's in oh, Britain, really? it's called the, the Behavioral Insights Team, it's called, uh, in Britain. And its nickname is the nudge unit. The nudge unit. Yeah, so we have those. Those are those are a, a matter of open open discussion. And for anybody listening, if you want to look into this further, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, was actually also an MKUltra, um, not well known to have been a, a unwilling participant, if you will. Um, he was pushed through the MKUltra program. So, so it's a very real thing. But I want to talk about this awakening in, from your vantage point. Are there more people waking up now? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> you know, I, because I've been uh, I've been doing this for 31 years now. Uh, and so I remember what it was like 31 years ago. I mean, you, you, there was virtually no one you could get to, to take interest in any of this. Virtually no one. You know, I, 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 came, I came to America and um, in, uh, e even as late as 1996. And I, I, I was talking in people's front room, you know. Um, and uh, I, I, spoke, uh, I spoke near Chicago once and eight people turned up. This is what I, 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 you were dealing with, even in 1996. Um, and so when you know, people who are relatively new to this say, oh, people should be waking up quicker. Well, we all want that. But when I compare what's happening now with what was happening then, I mean, it, it bears no resemblance whatsoever. I mean, the, the enormous numbers of people are, are, are waking up. I mean, I, I was... Um, I was walking down the street in Britain in the 1990s and I was being laughed at by people. People would point me out as the mad crazy man. Um, and now they stop me in the street to ask me about what's going on. The same people. Mm -hmm. the, 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 there has been this, um, this, this great uh, um, awakening, which uh, really has, has happened to a large extent because, well, first of all, when you've been saying for 30 years something's going to happen, it happens. Well, that gives you credibility to the people have a look. What else you, have you said is going to happen? But, but it, it, more than that, the, the, the COVID era is when um, the manipulation 
for those who are in any way, uh, uh, you know, have a brain cell on active duty anyway, um, has been the time when this came out of the shadows into the room where we could see it. Uh, and, you know, for, for all this period, uh, right up to the COVID era, really, uh, except for those people that have been looking for it and seeing it, it's all happened in the shadows. And, and that's just another term for subconscious. Mm -hmm. It's all happened in the subconscious. And the conscious mind uh, has not been aware of it. To the conscious mind, uh, the, the things happening in the world are all random events. They're not connected at all. Um, because the manipulation has been coming from, uh, from the subconscious, what we call the shadows. It's, been, it's not been uh, in, in the awareness of the conscious mind. But in the COVID era, because they're now running for home, they're now going a full blast for their end game. They have to enter the room because, you know, you can only manipulate uh, under the radar up to a certain point. I mean, you can go a long way down that road, and they have. But there comes a time when your manipulation to transform society in a certain way, what they call in the Great Reset, has to physically happen where people can see it. You're no longer manipulating and moving this bit and moving this piece and then this piece. You are actually transforming the world of the scene, the world of the conscious mind. And that's what's happened in the, uh, the COVID era. Uh, and it just shows the, the level of uh, perceptual manipulation that there are vast numbers of people that still can't see it, even though it's been presented to the, to, to, to the arena of the conscious mind. But lots of people have. And they, they, they can see that this is not a game and it's not a theory. It's real because it's happening before their eyes. And, and this is what uh, uh, is um, getting a lot of uh, so far uh, vax people, fake vax people, to, to, to actually move into, into this awakening uh, uh, group. Because what's been happening is what always happens is you have a script and there are elements of the script that need to play out. So if, if, you, if, if it's not in the script to have masks at this point, then Fauci would say there's no need for masks. But when it comes to the point in the script where they want to play the masks out, then suddenly masks are necessary to save you from COVID. So they lie all the way. So they've got a test called the RT-PCR test, uh, which is not testing for the SARS-CoV-2. But they claim it is, and thus, when you test positive, um, you, um, you are called a case. So what they say at the start is, if we're going to go back to normal, which is the carrot that's never designed to go back to normal, then um, you must get tested. Everyone must get tested. Uh, oh, yeah, well, we'll get tested then. Well, but the more people test with a test not testing for the virus, the more people are going to uh, uh, test positive, are going to be called a case. And the authorities are going to use that number to say we, we need to go further away from normal, not nearer to it. And then they, they say the same with masks and all that stuff. And, and then they come around to the fake jab. And this is what is starting a lot of people who have been jabbed to start saying, well, hold on a minute here, but no further. Is they say, OK, um, go back to normal. There's the carrot. We, uh, everyone's got to get vaccinated. 
And so uh, you have uh, two jabs and, and, and then it's, that's all, what's what you need. Go back to normal. Uh, and um, we are going to uh, give you incentives, free beer, free donuts, free entry to a, to a lottery, which is all about health, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we believe in your health. Have a donut for, for, for having the jab. I love it. I have a beer. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so you've got the incentives. And then you've got the, uh, the stick. Well, if you don't have the jab, you're not going to be able to do this, that, and the other and have a normal life. And so people, for various reasons, either they just believe what they're told, so they do it, or they think, well, I don't really want it, but I, you know, I've, I can't do this, that, and the other. I better have it. And, and, and they get the two jabs. And then they say, oh, oh actually, you need a booster. Like I said, in, uh, in Israel, they're talking about the fourth, they're having the third, I'm the fourth. And what are they saying in Israel? I said back in 2020 they would do this. They're saying in Israel, um, you, you have had two jabs and you've got your green pass, your vaccine passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, if you don't have the third one within six months, you're going to lose your, your green pass, your vaccine passport, which means you're going to now be in the same position the non-vaxxed are, and you've had two of them, two of them. And this is the idea. You look at some of these vaccine passports and they've got, they've got um, sections for more and more jabs in them. I mean, hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, so a lot of jabbed people are now looking at this and saying, well, hold on a minute. You, you said, if we did this, we go back to normal. We didn't. If we did this, we go back to normal. We didn't. We got two jabs. We go back to normal. We're not. And I can't do unless I have more of your jabs, what the unvaccinated can't do. So I've had these things for no reason. And, and, and the pennies are starting to drop in more and more of those people. And, and not least because not the for no reason, not, not no reason, David, um, the, these vaccines harm people. I don't yeah, know if that's you saw. Yeah, they, they actually harm people. They, there was a, a little local ABC affiliate here in the U.S. Uh, put up on a very unfortunate Facebook post. And they said, hey, if you're unvaccinated and been harmed by COVID, we'd like your story. They had 220,000 responses on it. Yeah. And almost all of them were people saying, no, I don't know anybody who fits that category. But my aunt just died after having the jab or my uncle started bleeding out his nose and it couldn't be stopped. So these vaccines are like it's people know i know more people who know people who have been harmed by the vaccine than from covid that's what i know personally in my life well um when i said uh, for no reason i mean for no reason in terms of going back to normal but of course the jabs are not for no reason they're for no reason health wise except destroying it i mean when you're putting synthetic genetic material into a body i mean how do you think that's going to work out self-replicating uh, synthetic genetic material. I mean, how do you think that's going to work out? Uh, anybody? Any any idea? Of course, it's going to be a disaster. And because it's self-replicating, it's going to be a cumulative disaster. And the more of the boosters you have, the the, the bigger the impact on the body. Um, it's 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 messing with the messaging system of the body. I mean, the body is in balance and healthy because the, the communication system of the body is healthy. The communication for the brain to the to the the genetic structure and vice versa. And when that's in balance, like a computer's communication system is in balance, the computer's working. But when you throw it out of kilter, like with a computer virus or something, then uh, and or mRNA um, fake vaccines, then once your communication system starts breaking down, it can manifest as endless uh, uh, disease, disharmony. 
um, because the communication is not happening. It's like you have a virus on your computer, the communication goes haywire, so does the computer. Won't work anymore. Uh, and it's the same. It's the same principle. And you know, I, I've kind of been on on this case, very uh, um, really concentrated on this area in the last few weeks. And oh dear, the number of people who are dying and having life changing effects from these fake vaccines is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, I um. I saw a a 16-year-old girl in America the other day talking about the fact that she'd been um, devastated, her health had been devastated by by having this uh, fake vaccine. But no one in the medical profession will agree that the vaccine caused it. They say it's psychosomatic. She's having these these shakes because she's um, succumbed to, to stress or something. And needs to see a mental professional, uh, she was told. But, but And then this moronic, again, neurologist she saw, said that even though, yeah, it's, it's psychosomatic, you need to see a, a, a mental professional. She said, well, oh, but, you know, I have seen more of these cases since the vaccine rollout. <laughs> and then she was asked, well, why do you think you've seen more cases? And she said, well, it's because there's so much stress about this vaccine. It's all psychosomatic. You know, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the idiocy that, 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 that we're seeing unfolding in all these different uh, professions. But where I'm going is she was told that what was wrong with her eventually was that um, the communication had gone haywire from the brain and through the central nervous system and therefore, she was having these bodily movements that she couldn't control. Well, that's messing with the messaging system of the body. And we've seen nothing yet. And there are deeper levels of this. There are deeper psychological and um, energetic levels of this. Do you know, um, Rudolf Steiner, mm-hmm. uh, 100 years ago, uh, he was uh, the, obviously behind the Steiner schools, Waldorf education, as it's also called, I think. Um, and he was a very, very uh, enlightened man, and he had a lot of connections into the system as well. And he said 100 years ago that they were planning, what he called the materialists, uh, were planning a vaccine eventually that would be given to babies at birth and would disconnect uh, their five-sense mind from their, their other levels of consciousness. And they would it would isolate people in the five senses, and, and they would be literally only able to perceive what they perceive to be the materialistic world and 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 not um other levels of awareness which um which which is which is uh, absolutely vital to have to um to get a fix on this world um because uh, the five senses will only give you a a, a certain uh, uh, experience of it and understanding of it you need other levels of consciousness in the perceptual process otherwise you are you are just a, a baby in arms to to the system, uh, and what we're now seeing with, with Pfizer, talking about November, is we got down to six months now. They're talking about giving this fake chat, and they they want it. They want to give it uh, uh, as early as possible after birth. And you know, when you look at these people like Reiki healers and people like that, that work with the other energetic levels of of, of the human entity. Uh, and, you know, some of them are saying that when they've uh, worked on the energetic fields of 
people before they had the jab and afterwards. They're, they're totally different. There's a disconnect between uh, the different levels of, of being after the jab than before, which fits the kind of, well, it doesn't fit, it's exactly what uh, Steiner uh, uh, predicted. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I have talked to uh, a lot of people uh, who've said about workmates, loved ones, people they know, they're not the same person anymore since they've had this jab. They, um, the, the word that comes up uh, more, more, more than once, to say the least, is vacant. They look vacant. It's like no one owned. Mm. Uh, and and so I think we we are going to see multiple multiple effects of this fake vaccine, and they're multiple effects that were planned. I keep seeing doctors talking about unintended consequences of the fake vaccine. They're not unintended. They are absolutely intended. What we're looking at is a mass depopulation. Uh, uh, program on one level, and those that survive a genetic transformation from a uh, the biological state that we've always known to um, a much more synthetic state, uh, and uh, which fits in with the sort of things that Huxley was talking about, uh, well, and and that's what we're, we're we're looking at. You know, this is not a game; it's not a phase that that eventually will will end. Uh, this is this is the the cult running for home. And uh, we need to face that and realize that the power is with us, but only if we use it. One of the, the, the big um, pillars of this um, global cult in America is the Rockefeller, the inner core of the Rockefeller family. The Rockefellers, if you go back to J.D. Rockefeller, was responsible for creating uh, what they call allopathic medicine, scalpel and drug medicine and destroying the other alternatives that were uh, going around at the time. Uh, and it's the same Rockefeller family that um, gave the land for free on which the United Nations building stands in New York, uh, which was worth an absolute fortune, obviously, um, because they wanted an uh, organization they could uh, manipulate and uh, change over time into, into a world government. And it was the same Rockefeller family that created the World Health Organization in 1948, which was part of the UN, uh, which has driven this whole um, system, this whole response to COVID. Uh, the biggest funder, certainly the biggest private funder, I don't know what's going on with the United States um, uh, uh, contribution now, but apart from the United States, the biggest funder is Bill Gates, who's been, uh, the Gates family and the Rockefeller family have been uh, hand in glove uh, since way back. The guy, Ted Ross, uh, out of Ethiopia, who's the director general, Dr. Ted Ross, who's not a medical doctor, he's just a, 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 a front man for Gates. He's worked with two organizations funded by Gates before. Um, and uh, so um, you are um, looking at um, a, a structure involving um, uh, this um, whole uh, Rockefeller family that actually created what we call Big Pharma. And Gates is massively, massively invested in what we call Big Pharma. Now, why, why does Big Pharma, where does Big Pharma get its money from? It gets its money from people being sick. It has no financial interest in people being well. It's the last thing it wants. <laughs> uh, it profits from people being sick. And if it can put vaccines into people that make them sick 
and then uh, offers the um, the drug treatment for the sickness they've created. Well, that's double the profit, and that that is happening. That goes on, and so you look at the the horrific uh, things that Big Pharma have done. Uh, which are just the ones that have come to light and they've had to pay out enormous sums for. Um, and look look at the fentanyl and all that stuff as well. Yeah. And the idea that the big pharma cartel is what it is, is, is doing this for the health of the world and out of the goodness of its heart it doesn't have, is absolutely ridiculous. So what is the reason that um, this big pharma network of uh, fake vaccine producers here um, are, as you say, quite rightly, uh, so um, hysterically pushing these uh, vaccines and more and more of them. And, you know, uh, there's a guy called Michael Yeadon in Britain who was a former vice president and senior uh, science advisor to Pfizer, been speaking out very loudly about this. And he was pointing out in one interview that these companies already have the, uh, quote, vaccines for variants. And, and certainly the British regulator is saying, he says, that because these vaccines are so close to the uh, vaccines they're putting out now for that variants, they won't have to have uh, new trials and permissions that will just they'll get the same uh, permissions from the original fake vaccine. Um, and, and, you know, so humanity is becoming a, a pincushion for those that are um, succumbing to this. On one level, these big pharma companies are making phenomenal profits. But as I've said to people over the years, don't get caught in the money. The money is important to these people. Yes, but it's not the reason. Control of money, the real reason of the control of money, yes, they're greedy people, that's the nature of a psychopath, but control of money is control of people. And so, yes, they make phenomenal profits in big pharma, but there's a, an agenda way above that, which is of transforming the psychological and physical nature of the human being. So let's um it as we as we um and by the way, this has just been a fabulous interview. Um thank you so much for your time. I want to um, I want to direct people to uh, to your website. I want to, and I would like to know what you think. Um, if you had advice for people who are listening, so so we know the people who have already awakened, and there's lots of them, and they're growing. They're the people who probably never will be reached. But for those people on on the fence, um, how do we? What's the message for them? How do we? How do we encourage people to um, think for themselves, as it were? Well, first, first of all, recognize the historical, endless, constant, incessant confirmations that authority lies. It's always done it. So why would they suddenly tell you the truth now about this? Then ask the question, who benefits? Who benefits from all of this? Mm -hmm. Do people that uh, want freedom and uh, justice and the right to free opinion, to freedom of lifestyle, do they benefit from this? No, no. Those that want to destroy all that benefit from this. 
what are, who benefits from all the, the small and medium size and even some big businesses that aren't cult businesses going under? Those that own the giant corporations. Who benefits is a question, uh, you know, who benefits from a crime is the one most likely to have committed it is a great line. And, it, you know, it's points you to the, the real villain time and time again. So ask these questions. But once you've asked them and found answers that give you a fix on what's really happening, stop cooperating with it. One thing's for certain. And it's guaranteed if you cooperate with fascism, you cooperate with tyranny, they, they, you'll get tyranny. You will get what you will take. You know, I'll give you a quick example. There are fantastic people in Australia who are pushing back against this under the most enormous uh, intimidation from this, uh, uh, these fascistic uh, um, states in Australia and the the federal government, but it's not enough of them yet. And so you've seen what's happened in Australia across their winter up to present time. Very clear, extreme levels of fascism are beyond anything the Nazis did in some ways in terms of lockdown, not being able to leave your house, have been imposed. And so if you take it, they will give it because their agenda is to do to the world what they've done to Australia. And yet in Britain, they announced last week they were going to introduce vaccine passports at the end of September. Two days later, they withdrew it. And now they say that they, um, they're, they're not going to do it at the end of September. Now, they are going to come back again. As the number of uh, 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 fake vaccine deaths increase and increase and increase, and they're going to, they are. They're going to be blaming this on COVID and variants to hide the fact that it's the, the bloody vaccine that's causing it. And they're going to then use that. Fear. They're going to use that fear to, to try come back again with Faith, uh, with, with the vaccine passports, with the mask, with the lockdown. In fact, uh, the, the UK government has said, well, that's their plan B. Uh, well, no, it's your plan A, and you know it is. But the point I'm making is they made a decision last week. They don't think they can get away with vaccine passports in Britain at the moment as things stand, because there's been a lot of pushback here. I mean, there are marches in London every month. Um, there's another one this uh, uh, Saturday, which I'm going to where hundreds of thousands of people uh, take part. And there's big pushback. And, you know, in the spring of 2020, when people were just buying the, you know, we're all going to die scenario, anyone that was protesting was picked off immediately. There were so few. Um, but now the, the, you know, the police would go in, arrest them and all that stuff. But now the police just have to uh, stand aside because uh, the numbers are so vast, there's nothing they can do. And, and, and this is... Uh, this is making the point that they will give what they what you will take. If you'll take it, they'll give it because they want real extreme stuff, real extreme fascism. And if if we don't uh, if we acquiesce to it, that's what we'll get. As simple as that. And if you think it's bad now, and it bloody well is, what kind of world are your kids going to live in? And your grandkids? Uh, beyond anything we're we're seeing now. So why? Why would why would you just sit there with your with your 
your mouth zipped and, you know, sitting on your hands, uh, acquiescing to this. This is, this is backbone time. This is grower pair time. Because the, 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 where the, this human society is going depends on the non-cooperation with this in the next two years. It absolutely does. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a pessimist on it. I'm optimistic. But, you know, optimism needs to be supported by action. And it's not gonna. It's not gonna write itself. We have to write it. I think we will, but um, we've got to get started in a much bigger way uh, now. I agree. Um, I'm reminded of a Nietzsche quote, which is, "No price is too high for the privilege of owning yourself." Here, 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 here. Okay, you people uh, that, that have chosen to have this fake vaccine for uh, uh, reasons of not questioning it, uh, do what I'm told. Uh, do you own yourself? Of course not. And, and if you don't own yourself, someone else owns you. And, you know, another, another aspect of this, which is I, I've written about in books before, going quite a long way back, is the plan to um, change the nature of the human body to the point where you can... Um, you can patent it and own it. You know, there, I think there was a, a, there was a, uh, a case went through the um, Supreme Court in America, as I recall, um, uh, where they tried to, to, to patent the, 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 the you know, elements of the body and, and it was knocked down because you can't um, patent a natural thing. That was the, basically the, uh, the judgment. But if you're changing the natural thing with non-natural stuff, synthetic stuff, then you can claim that actually um, you're doing something that's not uh, natural, thus you can patent it. And that's been in the agenda for um, a long, long time. This is exactly the same principle as your Monsanto GMO, where they change the nature of the, of the, of, of the plant, the crop, and then they patent it. And you have to buy it from them because they own it. Even though it started out natural, you, you've, you've flicked it with unnatural stuff, genetically modified. Now you can patent it and you can own it. They want to do that with the body. I mean, with, you know, to, to understand the scale of what's going on is to understand the true evil that we're dealing with. And my definition of evil is the absence of love. Uh, and, you know, when you pull love out of everything so it becomes this black hole without love, that's what we call evil. And these people are evil. And I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for them. I do. I mean, they wake up every day and realize they're still them. It must be a nightmare. But um, th this, this is the state that, that, uh, of uh, consciousness, if you can call it that, that we're dealing with. So if people say, well, no, they'd never do that. No, 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 no. You would never do that. They would do it and get off on it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you look in the eyes of these people. The, the eyes really are the window on the soul. And we, we, you know, I look in the eyes of Fauci, I look in the eyes of Gates, I look in the eyes of uh, a bloke called Chris Whitty here, who's the chief medical officer driving the policy like Fauci is in America. Uh, and, and I look at the, the Daniel Andrews's, I look at the Klaus Schwab's at the World Economic Forum, look in their eyes. There's not a soul on the other side, I'll tell you that. So yeah. who are these people? Yeah, and... Um Remember, rules for thee, not for me. On this crowd, uh, we had our governor of California eating 
out with all of his friends maskless. And of course, in the UK, I think we had Matt Hancock shagging his secretary, all while telling people they couldn't touch, they couldn't hug, they had to be very, very afraid. So that's always the yeah. tell in this thing too, isn't it's it? Right? <laughs> we just uh, this guy Matt Hancock. I mean, I, I've done a lot of research on this, and Iconic has uh, done a lot of research on this. Uh, uh, people like my son uh, Gareth. Um, and uh, a journalist called Jackie Devoy in this country, a, a proper journalist in this. And uh, Matt Hancock uh, mass murdered um, enormous numbers of old people in the spring of 2020. Quite, you can you can you can show the data. Uh, he uh, he ordered mass ordered a, a drug called midazolam, which is a end of life sedative drug, which is used uh, by some states in the um, in the execution process. Um, he ordered enormous amounts. He got two years supply from France in. And then it was, uh, he, um, they, they did this in America, in some states and in New York big time. Because they said, well, this COVID is going to be so bad, we've, we've got to clear the hospital beds. So get, get everybody out of the hospital that you think you can. And so uh, enormous amounts of old people who were not in hospital with COVID, they were in hospital because they were ill and because they were old and they're in hospital, they must have been in a bad state. They were moved into the care homes. Uh, which is a bit, bit of a misnomer in the uh, COVID era. And, um, and, and they were given midazolam and things like morphine, but midazolam uh, dominated. And you see, when you see the prescriptions uh, of um, midazolam, they absolutely go through the roof in this period where enormous amounts of old people died in the care homes. And, uh, uh, and uh, I've seen uh, un, uh, unimpeachable documentation of some of the levels of prescriptions of midazolam or, or doses that were given that would kill an elephant. Uh, and and th they called that the COVID first wave. In America, they used a drug Im imposed upon the hospitals by Fauci called uh, remdesivir to do the same, to create uh, the, 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 the first wave. Thousands of people died because of remdesivir, which um, uh, destroys organs, particularly the kidneys function. And so people fill up with water uh, and the lungs fill up with water and they call it COVID-19. And uh, Fauci well knew as a doctor in America has done a fantastic amount of research on this, uh, knew that this remdesivir would do that uh, and, and it would it, it kill people. Because there have been trials where remdesivir was uh, for Ebola treatment, where remdesivir uh, affected people so badly in the trials, they, they took it out the trial. And then he says, well, you're going to use it for COVID. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, uh, this is the level of psychopathy um, that we are dealing with. These people have no soul. And if you look at the, the traits of psychopaths, the top two traits are lack of empathy and lack of compassion. And if you don't have empathy, I, I've called for decades empathy the fail-safe mechanism of human behavior. Hmm. If you can have empathy, you can put yourself in the feelings of those you're affecting, and that's a fail-safe mechanism because you, 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 you have an emotional consequence for what you're doing to them. When you have no emotional consequence because you don't have empathy, there's no limits to what you will do because you have no, you have no uh, downside. You have no impact emotionally on what you do. We talked earlier about MKUltra. Kids um, put through enormous, fantastic traumas in MKUltra to uh, split their mind into different compartments. Um, you're going to have empathy and do that to a kid? No way. Um, this, this is what we're dealing with. And when, when, when people grasp the scale of evil we're dealing with, they will start to grasp actually what we're facing. 
Yeah, and that's a difficult process for people to really face. I think it's uh, it's it's hard to imagine, but but because we don't have the the frame of reference for it, um, you know, my, I think my the only way I can sort of connect with it is the same level of care that I think about when I put an ant trap on the counter is probably the same amount of care that Fauci says when he says, give these people remdesivir. It's exactly right. That's exactly, it's a very good analogy. Um, uh, they don't see us uh, in anything more than vermin terms. Um, so what happens to us? What's it matter? Um, they are very, very sick people. Um, but at the inner core, they're not stupid. Well, they're stupid because um, of the consequences long term uh, mm -hmm. of their actions, but they're not intellectually stupid. And the, the one thing that they, they understand is how the human psyche works. And they know that if they press button A, they'll get response B. And that's how they're doing it. It's, it's not that they're all powerful. They're not. They have to manipulate us to give our power to them. That's where their power comes from. And they, because they understand how the psyche works, that's how they manipulate us to give our power to them because they have none without, without, unless we give it to them. And uh, if we don't, then they become impotent. And I mean, you know, someone comes out of the White House or Downing Street and says, uh, you know, we've had a discussion and this is what's going to happen. If enough people say we're not doing it, we're not doing that. Where's their power? Their power is us saying, well, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's crazy. I think it's outrageous. I think it's political correctness gone mad. But I'll still do it. That's where their power comes from. We stop that. Game over. Well said. Very well said. David, fantastic interview. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Um, if people want to follow you, where do they find you? Well, I hope no one will follow me. I think that's how we got <laughs> into this mess, following people. But if people want to uh, see what I'm saying and the information to back it up, um, then um, they go to davidike.com. That's the hub where the, the, the news is put into context every day and the videos galore there, new ones all the time. Uh, and then there's Iconic, which is like a, an alternative Netflix, which um, covers the, all the, the, uh, the, the different uh, alternative subjects, uh, not just conspiracy, everything, um, with documentaries and, uh, and series and all the rest of it. I've just uh, actually recorded a series on the nature of reality, 13 parts, which is going to be on Iconic pretty soon. And I'm doing a live stream, uh, by the way, on Iconic. Um, in no, on November the 6th called Where From Here. It's going to be six hours of uh, how do we get into this mess and how do we get out of it? Because get out of it, we will. But we've got to have um, we've got to have some real commitment to do it. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for your work in the world. Uh, you're a very busy man, obviously. So thank you for your time today. And um, Godspeed. Pleasure.